Welcome to Widowcast Podcast, where you'll find the strength to get through your journey and the skills to coach other widows to do the same. This is not a grief group. This is your journey, and it just may show you the way to make something amazing come out of the emotional pain and trauma of your loss. I'm your host, Joanne Philomena. I'm the best-selling author of the book, Widowed, and of The Widow Coach. I'm also a professionally certified life coach. Let the healing and the personal journey back to who you are begin. Welcome to episode 85. I'm talking about lesson 10, Boundaries which boundaries kind of play off of last week's podcast. Um, If you look at episode 84, it's on the manual. And you really need a good understanding of your manuals so you don't confuse your manuals with needing a boundary. And we will get into that. So a boundary is something you create for yourself to protect yourself. Sometimes people think of boundaries as something they set to keep themselves from doing something or to limit themselves or to set boundaries to say no to people. Um, I define it a little differently. Okay, it's a choice that can be made to remove yourself from a situation that you find challenging. Knowing exactly what a boundary is and how to set one can be life-changing. So a boundary violation is, it's like you have put a fence around your yard. That's your boundary. It's your property line. You put that fence up for privacy. If somebody comes over that fence into your yard, that's a boundary violation. And you're going to take an action. You're going to call the police. So basically you're saying, here's my fence. Here's my limits. Here's my boundary around my yard. If you come over my fence, I'm going to have to call the police. Now you're not saying you can't come over my fence. You're not going to try to manipulate anyone's behavior. The fence is a way to try to slow down someone who would infringe on your property right? You've put up a physical barrier, but you're not saying don't come onto my property because people are going to do what they're going to do. If someone's going to come over your fence and mess with your backyard, they're going to do it. But you say, if you do that, I will call the police. Okay. It's that's the action you have to take to protect your boundary. And it's kind of the same. If somebody gets inside your physical area or even violates your emotional area, then you need to be able to take actions for yourself to remove yourself from that. Remember, a boundary is not a way to try to manipulate somebody else's behavior. This is what we often think we want to try to do. We want to write manuals and we want to call it a boundary. We want to say, I have a boundary that you should take out the trash. (laughs) Well, no, that's a manual. That's why I said it's really good to get to know what your manuals are and understand the difference. A boundary violation is like if someone is yelling at you, if someone is sexually inappropriate with you, 
Um, it can be someone always showing up late or someone lying to you all the time. And this kind of violates you emotionally. You're not going to try to manipulate them. You're not going to say you can't show up late. Man, it's just inherent in their character. I mean, people are who they are. And they get to be who they are. Just like we get to be who we are. We don't like it. If somebody else tries to manipulate our behavior and say we have to do something differently or act differently so that they can feel better, right? We get to be who we are. So you can allow them to be who they are, but you can say, you know what? We're going to meet at three o'clock to head on out for this shopping trip. Um, if you're more than 15 minutes late, we're just going to go ahead and leave because we have to go if by 3.15, Right? You're not telling them they can't show up at 3.20. You're just saying, you show up at 3.20, hey, we're out of here. We're already gone because we're heading out at 3.15. So you're setting that boundary. If you can, If somebody is smoking around you and you don't want to breathe the secondhand smoke, you know, you can let them know, hey, if you're going to smoke, I have to leave. I can't handle this. You're not telling them they can't smoke. You're just saying... I have to go. You, if you smoke in my house, then you will have to leave for sure. Because I don't want people smoking in my house. Stinks up my house. It's a boundary violation if you walk into my house and light up a cigarette, right? So healthy boundaries actually promote self-responsibility and empowerment for you. Because you are able to be responsible for your own self, right? You take your power back. If you yell at me, I have to leave. <clears throat> I can come back and we can finish talking about this when you're a little less heated about it. You're not saying they can't yell. You're just saying, if you're going to yell like this, I'm out of, I'm out of here. Because I can't have a discussion with you. If you have strong boundaries with people, it actually leads to a closer relationship with others because you are being completely authentic and truthful with them and you're not trying to manipulate them in any way. Weak boundaries promote some kind of enmeshment, emotional childhood behavior. That's only going to distance us from others. So you don't want to do that. When you are going to set a boundary, you want to do it from a place of love. You don't want to set a boundary out of anger. You don't want to set a boundary out of frustration, right? You want to work through those feelings first, because if you're setting a boundary out of anger, it's going to just come off as not being a boundary at all. If you say you have to do things this way, right? You have to do things the way I want you to, or I will threaten you with this. That's not a boundary. That's a threat. That's emotional blackmail. So a boundary is not, you have to do things the way I want you to do them, or I'm going to threaten you. And that, if you're trying to set a boundary out of anger, that's how it's probably going to come off. No, first work through your emotions, Understand why you're angry about it. Understand why you're frustrated about it. And when you can come from a place of love, love for yourself, love for the other person, 
especially love and compassion for yourself. Like, wow, I don't, I don't have to subject myself to this. I can just leave. I can just hang up the phone. I can just take whatever action I need to take to protect myself from this. So to effectively set an emotional boundary, you're going to make the request. Okay, you're going to ask them to, to not do something that infringes on your property, literally on your property or emotionally. And then you're going to give them the consequence. You're going to tell the other person what you will do for yourself if he or she keeps doing what they're doing. And they can choose to keep doing what they're doing. You want to set that in a way that they get to choose. You're not telling them they have to stop. You're just saying, if you continue doing that, this is what I have to do. So let's take a look at another example. Um, I talked about the friend who is chronically late. And you could decide to interpret their behavior as wrong or bad or disrespectful. She's so disrespectful, she never shows up when we set up a meeting time. It really annoys me, right? You get to decide how you want to interpret that behavior. But you, and you could decide you don't want to get together with her any, any longer at all, right? It just kind of torpedoes the relationship. Like, forget about it. But if you love that friend and you're like, I really enjoy our time together. I just get so upset when this happens. Coach yourself through the upset part. Love your friend. Love yourself enough to say, you know what? I love getting together with you, but I really can't wait around. You know, you, you tend to be kind of lackadaisical about time. So... You know, let's do get together for lunch this week. I can meet you at one o'clock, but if it gets any later than one fifteen, then I have to just go because otherwise I won't be able to be back in time if we start our lunch later than one fifteen. So you've set a boundary. You've told her, look, I really would love to have lunch with you, but if you are going to be late, I have to leave. And then you back up your boundary. This is the most important part, you guys. You must honor it for yourself. If you go to the restaurant at 1 o'clock and 1.15 rolls around and your friend is not there yet, get back in your car and go. Don't say, well, give her five more minutes. I can wait till 1.25. No, you need to enforce your boundary. This is a commitment you make for you. So you want to follow through on your boundaries. Setting a simple boundary like that allows your friend to still be who she is. She gets to behave well the way she's going to behave. But you're also allowed to protect yourself and your time. That's so important. It's such an important difference. Now, remember, there are times when it's not a boundary issue. If you would like your boyfriend to be more romantic, that's a manual. If you want your boss to give you more praise, that's a manual. Right? If you say, when my girl, when I call my girlfriends and leave a message, they need to call me right back. That's a manual. That's not a boundary. So, 
There are challenges with setting boundaries. That's why it's good to work with a coach sometimes, because oftentimes we worry if I set this boundary, I'm afraid I'm going to lose the relationship. I'm afraid this is going to upset the other person. And really setting a boundary is the work of true intimacy for you and the other person. You're honoring yourself and you're being really authentic and true and open with that other person. That creates a closer bond. But we always have that gut reaction of, you know, wow, I can't tell my friend that. She's going to be upset. Sometimes you need to be coached through it so that you have the strength to do it and you do it in a way that's not attacking or yelling at people. You're doing it in a way that it will move forward in your relationship, right? That your relationships become more genuine because when you pretend you're not annoyed at someone for being late all the time, that's not an authentic relationship. You're kind of lying to them. You're people pleasing. Instead of people pleasing, you want to be completely honest and authentic and you'd be amazed the difference it makes in how you feel about yourself. When you begin to be really authentic about who you are, when you tell others the truth about yourself, you open up a space for truth and honesty in your life. So just remember, proper boundaries come from a place of love. And this work is not about manipulating someone else's behavior. Okay. The signs that you're not ready to set a boundary is if you don't feel peaceful and loving about it. That's not the best time to set a boundary. If you're trying to manipulate someone else's behavior for your own benefit, to avoid having to follow through on consequences, or if you feel blaming about it, that's not a place for boundary work. You want to make sure you're coming from the right space to set an emotional boundary. So think about if there are any areas in your life with anybody Evaluate it to know whether you're looking at a manual that you have in your mind. And again, go back to that last episode. If you didn't listen to it about manuals, you need to learn about manuals before you listen about boundaries. Evaluate it and then consider what boundary you could set to make it a more comfortable situation and to be more honest with the other person about their behavior too. So that's it for today. Um, of course, when I teach my widow coaches, we go much deeper on this and they are more than well equipped to help you set a boundary and understand what boundary violations are in your life and how to work through that stuff. And, or you could go deeper into this stuff for yourself by doing the widow coaches class. All these, th these little lessons I've been sharing here in the podcast, we take way deeper um, and it kind of pulls it all together when you're working together in class with other students to learn this and you can become a certified widow coach. You can actually help other people with this stuff. 
Um, I, for me, becoming a life coach is the most rewarding thing I've done in my life and made a huge difference in the trajectory of my grief and my journey after the loss of my husband. So if you want to find out more about Widow Coaches class, go to widowcoaches.com and put in your name and email. You'll get back an email that will uh, give you a link to a questionnaire. If you fill out that questionnaire, then I can learn a little bit about you. And then you can email me if you're really serious about this. Like, Joanne, I want to talk to you about the class. I will definitely set up a call with you. And we can talk about if the class is a good fit, if becoming a certified widow coach is something that is going to um, work for you in your life. That You're going to get some real return on that for yourself. That's the key. I want to make sure anyone who takes my class and invests their time and their money in doing this is actually going to get good value in return. If it's not something that's providing value in your life, then I wouldn't, I wouldn't want you to do it. That's why I talk to each person individually before they jump into my class. Anyway, it's um, a glorious, beautiful spring weekend. I'm going to go get out there and get some. I hope all of you go find some joy in your life today. And I'll talk to you next week.